When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here, No Huddle Show, here with Mike K for our weekly preview podcast. Big game coming up, Eagles versus Saints. We're headed out to New Orleans this weekend. I'm excited. I've been there many times. My college roommate is from there, and I've been to Mardi Gras once, and that was pretty crazy. <laughs> have you been to New Orleans? I have not. You have not. Um, it's funny, because I grew up in like SEC country, so you would think that I would somehow find my way up there, but... Uh, I'm gonna have to behave myself this weekend. You know, I gotta, I gotta make sure like that I'm staying grounded. Maybe I'll transcribe a, a, a couple of quotes that I got in the locker room or something, or go to a Pelicans game. Hey, you know? when you get done, the bars don't close in New Orleans until the last person leaves. So, Uh-oh. thanks for tempting me with it. If you're, and, if, if you're and, listening to this and, and haven't heard from me on Sunday morning, also in New Orleans, drinks you can get to go. You can literally be at a bar and be like, "Hey, can I get a to-go cup?" And you pour your drink into a cup and you can walk around with it. Like, oh, so it's like the, the Key West. Key West is that? Yeah, I mean, like and, and the New Orleans just they love drinking so much. They're, they have like drive-through like margarita stands, which like kind of goes against like if you're trying to prevent drunk driving, you have a dr- drive-through alcohol stand, which is a great, which is a great segue into the Eagles versus the Saints because. On paper, it looks like the Eagles need... Are driving drunk? Is that what you're saying? No, on, on paper, it looks like the Eagles need the New Orleans Saints offense to go out drinking the night before oh. for them to have a chance in a shootout because I, I know we had to skip our, our mid our midweek podcast because we don't post just a post, but uh, like this game isn't very important, but I also on the surface feel like it's almost an expected loss from a lot of people's perspective. They're nine-point underdogs. Yeah, I mean... And even then, I think I, some people are probably going to take, you yeah. know, the the point. Well, I, well, I think I, Bovada sent us an email. Uh, to pro- I mean, they do it to promote themselves, obviously. But uh, it, it said it was not. I think like sixty something percent were betting the Saints. Mm-hmm. But a, lot, a bunch of people were doing the Eagles on the money line. But that's just like an odds play. Right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, ba- basically. Nobody's expecting the Eagles to win this game. Most are expecting it to be kind of a blowout, right. and and I mean, there's no reason not to think that the Eagles haven't given us a reason. Not, they haven't been killed at all, well, but they haven't played somebody like the Saints. I wrote this earlier in the week. The two things that stick out to me right now are this: the the Saints are first in the league in scoring offense, thirty six point seven points per game. They have scored under twenty one points. Or 20, uh, 22 points, which is what the Eagles... Under, under 22 points. Yeah, what the Eagles average per game <laughs> once, and that was 21 points. Do you know how much the Eagles defense allows? 20.3 points per game, which is up there, but the the Saints have never scored under that. So And the Eagles have done that plenty of times. Right. So when you, <laughs> when you look at, at this matchup, a lot of people are going to emphasize the offenses because the defense is... Really, they don't have a shot. I think these offenses are so much better equipped with talent. Like, yeah, I think the way the defense can impact this game is by forcing turnovers something, again, that they, they, they don't do have very what, well. What do they have, four interceptions this season, I think? Yes, and they only, I mean, and and on the forced fumbles, they've only collected three, I believe. So they have seven turnovers overall. Oh, that's bad. That That's that's really bad. 
And Jim, 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 Jim Schwartz can deflect it to like their other problems, but like that's like the big one. Like, do you look at the big picture? When you force turnovers, you win. When you don't, you lose. Like that's here. Here's like the, if you want like a like a cookie cutter uh, explanation of how bad the turnovers are. Only two teams have less turnovers in the league, and one of them's the 49ers. The other one's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are about to set a record for biggest turnover differential in league history. Yeah. So. Again, this is a, an Eagles team that doesn't do a lot of things well that you would hope that they would in order to beat the Saints. Now, that said, this kind of strikes me as the buildup to the playoffs in the Super Bowl thing when Carson went down and everybody was like, oh, my God, these guys are going to be underdogs the entire <laughs> way. You know, this is the first time being underdogs this season, by the way. Right. And Carson, to me, is having a great season. This would be the game to kind of open things up. Like I said last week. Golden Tate was not acquired to beat the, the Cowboys. He was acquired to beat the Saints, and he was acquired to beat the Rams, and maybe the, even the Redskins. This is the game you have to use him. There's no excuses about the hurry up. Like That should have been the entire point of his practice schedule this week, is making sure that when they have to catch up, he's well aware and he doesn't have to be slighted by the play calling. Um, I mean, I think we'll get into individual matchups later in the program, but to me... It's not just about outscoring the Saints. You have to force turnovers. You have to stop the run. You've got to be able to tackle well. And I just don't know if the Eagles can do any of those three things. Um, They definitely can't score. I mean, they've only scored over 24 points twice. Um, And realistically, they don't have a convincing win. Now, that said, that said, they win this game. It's all sunshine and rainbows. That's the funny thing about this league, man. Like... It's like it feels like they'll lose a game and it seems like the season's over and then they'll come and look really good the next week and so if they beat the Saints all of a sudden we're like wait a second are they Super Bowl contenders whereas the, you know after last week's game we're like they're screwed like it's, it's, that's just the way the league is but I mean if you beat a good team then you're then you're back in good shape Go, going back to the defense real quick Malcolm like basically said what Malcolm Jenkins basically said what you were saying someone was asked like so how how do you stop them he he like laughed and he's like you. You don't go in there expecting them not to score points or not to make plays, but it, it's red zone defense is going to be at a premium, is what he said. And that that's the Saints are going to put up the yards. Like they're going to go down the field. They have Alvin Kamara, they have Mark Ingram. Like if anybody was going to run on them, it's this team, and they don't even need to. Like those Alvin Kamara is as good of a receiver as anyone has, and they have Michael Thomas, who I think leads the league in receptions, and he's number two, I believe, in receiving yards. Has seven touchdowns. And they have a couple young guys. They just added Brandon Marshall. They have Drew Brees, who's as tough to defend as any quarterback because how quick he is and accurate. So that, that's gonna be interesting. And, and you, we were talking about the turnover di- differential. I just want to read this off. I wrote this earlier this week. The only teams with the worst turnover differential in the league than the Eagles are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the San Francisco 49ers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Arizona Cardinals, the New York Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. The common thing theme among those teams is that they're they're awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a bad group <laughs> to be allotted with, and I think. Uh, the Eagles in general just have this feeling of a seven and nine, eight and eight team. Now you beat New Orleans, then maybe you're like, well, maybe they can. Maybe this is the jump start. You know, some teams need that jump start. The Chargers were always known for either starting really fast or starting really slow, and then they got that jump start. Yeah, the Chargers are, were famous for one or the other. Right. They would, a and, lot of times they would start hot and then tank at the end. But right, they'd either have a jump start loss or a jump start 
uh, win, and it's like... I feel like it's, you definitely want to be the team that is hot at the end of the season if you're going to pick one of those two things because people don't remember what you did in the first half of the year if you're terrible at the end. So Right, and, and we've talked about it before. You know, they, they have four division games coming up. They have seven games remaining overall. If they can steal a win from either the Saints or the Rams and then uh, win out in their division, which I still think they can despite that Cowboys loss, then we're talking about, okay... A, they're going to go to the Super... Uh, not the Super Bowl. They're going to go to the playoffs. Like, I think even if they lose to the Saints, they can still make the playoffs because they could win out towards the end. And I think that it's very realistic. They, they can, but at, at, at a certain point, you have to just accept that this team's not good and assume they're not going to live up to sure. what you need them to well, do. Well, I think that's if you lose to Every, the Giants. That's everybody kind of holding on to, like, one last... Well, like, I think if you lose to the Giants, then If you lose to the Giants, then... Then, then that's the one. I wonder but, if like, they start firing people. <laughs> right. To me, this is this game only matters if they win because the expectations going in is that they're going to lose and lose pretty badly. They haven't been blown out yet, yes. and I think that's why you've kind of seen the locker room stay together. But if they, I mean, if they get trounced by like twenty points, you know, and this was moved up to a game of the week, you know, there's some realistic questions that you're going to have to have. We we all know what the issues are, but it's whether the the locker room kind of accepts those issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, this team hasn't dealt with a blowout loss in a long time. Pro- maybe since the Bengals game in 2016 when Doug first was here. It's one of the first losses the Eagles have had in a long time. They were just destroyed by the Bengals. I ble- was that on the road? Yeah. It was on the road. And so this one's on the road in a tougher environment than Cincinnati, and the Eagles are reeling. They're, the, the, the least ideal thing that could happen was that their secondary be banged up going against Drew Brees, and that's exactly what's going on. Like, the, I feel like we can't understate that enough. They Sidney Jones is going to be playing on the outside for the, pretty much the first time in his NFL career. I know he did that in college, but he adjusted his mindset to focus on playing inside. I know they cross-train them. I'm doing air quotes right now. They tell us that all the time. But the reality is, like, they don't cross-train all of them because Rizul Douglas can only play on the outside, apparently. And Rizul Douglas is starting. He struggled against the Cowboys. He's probably going to li- line up with Michael Thomas occasionally, I would think, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, that would probably be the matchup that I would look <laughs> like, out like, for. And then you have, at safety, I mean, are they going to start Trey Sullivan again, or is Corey Graham going to play a lot? Like, this is, it's a problem. Like This secondary isn't ideal, and I think that's kind of been skimmed over by, not necessarily the fan base, but just the general outlook of... The, uh, Jim Schwartz. Yeah, I, I agree. He doesn't have all his tools at his disposal, which yeah. is an underrated. And if I can get on a soapbox for a second. Well, he, you, you're actually standing on top of the table right now. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Whoa. Um, they have put so many assets into this offense, and the offense hasn't delivered. And then you have the defense that's been crumbling at the seams and just injuries at every group. They have no depth, whatever. They're not even addressing the depth. They've had a lineup, three defensive tackles in games, three corners in games, move free safeties around. While, while loading up on receivers, tight ends, running backs, offensive linemen. Like, Guess who's actually like towards the top of the league in most most categories outside of passing defense? The Eagles yeah. defense. They're only allowing 20.3 points per game. You should be... That's a, really good. You, you should be... A, a, that, 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 yeah, that, that's the sign of a team that has a winning record. This, this team should be 6-3 and three probably right now with yeah. that type of average at least. Rushing um, defense? Rushing defense, their top seven, and only because... they were they Because came of in those the, two games that were like so astronomically high, yeah. Right, because Ezekiel... What concerns me with that is they're both division games. Um, True. And... They, they've they've only allowed 31 points off of turn. I mean, I, I just... Look, 
I understand people have a problem with guys lining off, lighting up far off the ball. I understand that people have an issue with the tackling, but from a schematic standpoint, the defensive scheme is working. It's just a matter of finishing. And that's not necessarily all on Schwartz. Sure, he calls some bad plays, whatever. Um, and I'm not even like fully defending Schwartz. He does take some ownership in this losing streak or in this in this season. But, I mean, when I look at the offense and how much they've tried to aid the offense and it still doesn't work, that, I mean... That's on Doug. That's on Doug. That's on Grow. In the pre-planning stages. They have not started off strong at all. Uh, to me, it, it, the defense has gotten roped in as, like, a bad group. When they're not really. I mean, they're, they've had Jim Schwartz is moments. being scapegoated, which... I feel like it might be the thing that happens if they if this keeps going the way the season's going. It kind of feels like the defensive because the offensive guys are all Doug's guys. He's the offensive play caller, um, and I, I'm just curious to see if Jim. I don't I don't see Jim Schwartz being here next season. Maybe anyway. It it just seems like I, there just seems like a I don't know. He he doesn't like come out and defend Jim Schwartz as much as you would think. Considering who are you, you going to hire? Like that's yeah, the that's thing. that that's the thing when people say hi- fire this hire, guy. Like who are you going to hire? You're going to hire Tyrell Todd Bowles. Off. Todd Bowles if he's fired Bowles, seems like an obvious gotta, one. <laughs> yeah, but then you got to run a three four. Yeah, true. And then you have to move everything around. You want to hire uh, Tyrell Austin who just got fired for having for giving defense? up fifty points two weeks in a row or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you want to hire Todd Wash who might be yeah. on the outs in 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 Jacksonville where you have to you have to now do a ton of underlooks and uh, your corners, are, you're going to play a ton of zone, um, which actually might work. <laughs> I mean, I would say goodbye to Jalen Mills if you're going to do that. But look, again, I, I think... I think Doug needs to look in the mirror. Oh, for sure. He and says think, that a lot, and I think he needs to just realize, okay. I think he's just been listening to a lot of Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> um, Man in the mirror. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> to me, this defense, it's not just Jim Schwartz. It's this defense that's being scapegoated. And then you look at like their, their moments where Fletcher Cox gets beaten off the ball for that uh, that sneak run in, for a touchdown. You look at the, the linebackers not being able to tackle. They've done nothing to improve this defense. Absolutely nothing. Bringing up practice. Do you know how many practice? I've lost count of how many practice squad guys they've brought up. I mean, Bosby's about to be, I would think. Yeah, I mean, you would assume. Um, Again, I I think they've done everything they possibly can to enhance the offense around Carson, and I applaud them for wanting to to equip Carson with the best talent. That said, though, you're... (laughs) This offense never gets blamed for anything outside of the running game. And the running game's beaten up, too. That's, like, the one spot you could be like, oh, my God, I understand why this is happening. They have – they basically have the same starting offensive line other than switching Sam Alou with Wisniewski. Um, they have two really dynamic tight ends. Zach Ertz is having a historic tight end season. And barely they, using Goddard anymore. Alshon Jeffrey's having a great season for the most part. Nelson Aguilar isn't having the great season that he did last year, but he's still producing – uh, you just traded for Golden Tate. Um, how much is different on offense than it is on defense? You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's like, again, I Run, just, Running back's the primary difference is the I only, mean, Jordan yeah. Hicks doesn't but, look like the yeah. Jordan Hicks of old. Nope. Neither Brandon does Graham. Nigel Bradham. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham looks like he's lost a step. The one thing that they've added to this defense that made sense and has worked and produced is Michael Bennett. Yeah. Avante Maddox has played really, really well, but... He was supposed to be a special teams guy in developmental right. this year. You, like, that's just the reality. You've just been like, hey, develop this guy. And they have. Like, that's, like, the thing. Like, I just... To me, <clears throat> I, I don't understand all of the hate. 
or, or like the venom towards Jim Schwartz, because if you really look at the numbers and you actually look at how this team has played for him, I would say the defense has been significantly more consistent than the offense. And the offense, to have Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, now Golden Tate, uh, the offensive line that they have, and an average 22 points per game is ridiculous to me. Yeah. All right, let, let's start getting some actual game preview stuff. Let's look at the matchups. The first, the uh, the like main obvious one would be whoever defends Michael Thomas. I imagine Cindy Jones will be lined up with him quite a bit. Yeah, I think. The, uh, I'm sure. Ultimate. I think the Saints probably move him around, right? Yeah. So they'll play sides, probably. Yeah. So they'll play sides. I mean that that's that's going to be the matchup. Like if those guys have the game of their lives, and the Eagles have a chance. <laughs> but I mean, it's, he's a tough. Co- like even the best cornerbacks struggle covering that guy. Right, and and I think the the benefit they have is that nobody knows what Sidney Jones looks like on the outside, and I think they don't know what his habits are going to be. They don't know how he's going to be coached on the outside necessarily, and I think that's to his benefit. If you remember, Sidney Jones started off had a really good three game stretch in the slot, and then just dropped off. I and don't, then got hurt. Yeah, right. I actually think his skill set better fits the outside. I was actually shocked when they made him the starting nickel. Um, You've got Rasul Douglas. I think sometimes it's kind of it's easy to come in for stretches and produce. But when you're there from the get go, and yeah, right. That said, though, now he's adjusted to playing a whole game. He had played 96 snaps prior to that game. Um, that's not even close to a full workload. I mean, that's that's you know. I mean, in w- w- the game where he played the most snaps of the season, he played safety. Right, exactly. So it doesn't even if you factor in just cornerback, he's he played I think less than 10 snaps is what I saw before he started uh, last week. Right, so when you look at all of that, I think it's fair to kind of give him a mulligan against the Cowboys. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm really interested to see what they do at nickel. I know they think that Avante Maddox is their best option, but... It seems the direction like they're going to go. But when you're playing Drew Brees, yeah. your single high safety needs to be really <laughs> quick and really good. And he needs to be able you to... You can't make mental ball. errors against Drew Brees because he'll, he'll capitalize on that. Um, with that said, if they do have Avante... At nickel cornerback, my suggestion would be to play um, Trayvon, uh, Trey Sullivan. Uh, I think that's what they'll probably do because I don't think Corey Graham can be starting that. Yeah, that's Corey safety. Graham's speed is not there. Um, you can deal with mistakes. Um, a lot of people made a, a big deal out of Zeke Elliott jumping over Trey <laughs> Sullivan, but the guy outweighs him by like 20 something pounds and he squared up pretty well. Uh, he just throws. I don't even know if he froze. I think he just left leapt too early, and it, it you know, it's one of those things where Zeke made a really good play, and that is what it is. That said, though, you're gonna have your bruises. You're gonna have your mistakes. The, these guys got to be well trained. Uh, Trey Sullivan to me seems like a really smart guy. Uh, we'll see how athletically he plays. Shannon Sullivan's another guy that you could maybe look at as being that. I mean, he's been on the active roster for a few weeks now, so... Yeah, I mean, you, you need to have a guy with corner instincts, too. I mean, he's got to be able to make plays on the ball. Um, and you're going to have to be able to help in coverage, because if, if Rasul Douglas gets beat, spoiler alert, probably going to happen a couple of times. If Sidney Jones doesn't seem to be up to speed... I mean, even even that the young kid they have, Traquan Smith, he's like he's a really fast player, and he's the kind yeah. of guy that would give like Jalen Mills trouble if Jalen Mills was playing. So we'll see how Razul can handle a guy like that. Right. I think what you need to see in this game is the matchups really, to me, are, are, are the defensive line versus the, offensive, the Saints offensive line, because this is going to have to be a big game for Brandon Graham, Chris Long. They need to pressure Drew Brees. They can't let him get those quick passes off, because that's where, he, once he gets into his zone, like you're not stopping him. 
And Haloti is dealing with an injury, another injury. What else is new? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, <laughs> what have you done for Jim Schwartz? I mean, it's possible Jernigan plays. I think they're going to wait until the weekend to figure that out. Yeah, and even if he does play... You what are you expecting out of him? Yeah, he's got 15 right. snaps would be like my my max. I would play Josh Sweat a lot in this game. They keep saying they're going to. He only played nine snaps last week. Maybe this is the game that you like. Just go he, all in on pass rushing. And he, he he's a uh, Dante Fowler style player to me. He, he, only, he doesn't need to play a lot of snaps. So. You want you want him to you want to do a lot of stunts. You want to do a lot of misdirect. Like they're gonna have to. I'd also blitz more. I mean, I think Drew Brees can kill you, but you're gonna have to blitz at least a decent amount because yeah, he's quick, but he's not really a runner. Um. And you got to shake them up. The last time the Eagles played the Saints, Fletcher the pl- Cox playoffs, right? Oh uh, no, uh, they, they played no, in, play in the, the last year. Chip Kelly, oh, the okay. Eagles blew out the Saints, um, and f- the reason for that was Fletcher Cox was in his face the entire game. You can't let him step up in the pocket, so you need to move him out. The interior pressure is going to be the key in this game. Um, Max Unger's a really good player. At center, um, I believe he was dealing with an injury. Don't quote me on that one. Well, their uh, tackle is out, I believe, right? Right. Um, oh, Bushrod. Uh, Armstead. Oh, Armstead. Yeah, never mind. Uh, and you know, again, you have to create pressure on Drew Brees, or it's not going to work. You got to get hands in his face. He's a shorter quarterback. Hey, I mean, he overcomes all of this stuff. So, I mean, you're looking at a game that's probably going to be in the late twenties, early thirties at minimum. Yeah. Um, the linebackers have to tackle well because Kamara can break tackles. He's quicker than all these guys. He's a matchup nightmare for them. Um, if they can plug him up up front, uh, as far as runs go, I think you're in really good shape. I think, I think Hicks is better in coverage than we've kind of given him credit for. He had a rough game against the Cowboys, but uh, again, I, I think it's not like dire straits, but it's close. On on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, I was I was gonna. What do the, you got? The the main one I I'm interested in is Cameron Jordan against whoever starts at right tackle, right? Because that's how he's the left end, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He has been right. for a while. They move him around a little bit. I think he stands up as a linebacker every now and then. He has seven sacks, I believe, this year. He has more than ten, like four times. In his, like he's he's legit. Yeah, he's an all pro. And if he's going against a banged up Johnson or Halapuli Vati Vaitai, like that. That's a that's a concern. Well, I mean, although I mean, Demarcus Lawrence didn't like dominate or anything last week, and he's probably better than Jordan. But well, and Doug Peterson said that he expects Lane Johnson to play during his press conference, so that's a good sign. Uh, he's it's pretty still, confident. It still depends on what Lane Johnson you're getting. Right. But. Exactly. Um, I think when you're looking at this this overall group, Eli Apple has played decently well since being acquired by uh, the Saints via trade from the, the Giants. I'm interested to see who he lines up against. I think Jeffrey could have a big game here. I think this is a big game for Zach Ertz. I don't trust Craig Robertson or um, any of these guys really on the Saints linebacking group. Their defense hasn't been Anzalone great. Is fine. Their defense has given up quite a few points slash yards at points this but season. But they make so. plays. They, they do. can create That's turnovers. The and I they think... should have Patrick Robinson, but he broke his ankle earlier this year, right. unfortunately. So there's no, like, you know, old friend thing going on here. But Yeah. Um, they miss Patrick Robinson, don't they? They do. Well, that that's yeah, yeah they do. Man, as much he's another he's another guy we had mentioned earlier when we were talking about guys they miss. It's not, people 
forgot pretty quickly how good he was last I mean, year. He had an unreal year. He was maybe the best slot corner in the NFL if you just For look sure. at the numbers. Like, and he was not. Ex- they were going to cut him after training camp. Like he was bad in training camp. He, there's well, a reason why he signed a one-year, one million dollar deal. Like there's a reason he was bad mm-hmm. in his career before that. He was a first-round pick of the Saints way back when, and then he came here. He probably the reason they wound up destroying the Vikings because yeah. that entered, that oh, yeah. pick six like just flipped everything. Like he, the Eagles miss guys like that that were just able to make those plays. This is a game where Carson Wentz needs to prove that he's an MVP candidate. Prove that, that, that he deserves those first all. 15 plays, man, we're gonna we're gonna we're probably gonna know pretty quick again. I mean, I would start off and hurry up. I would, I would put let Carson do try what and he air needs it to, out. Yeah, let Carson do what he needs to do. Um, really work Aguilar and Tate because you know you you can go to Jeffrey and you know you can go to Ertz, but you need to create some extra onus on on these other guys because that's how you win we've talked about it before when great players are being great that's what they're expected to do what happens and wins is other players stepping up past their momentum point I guess well the, this, this goes into what i wanted to get into we can just go into it now i was gonna say who's a who's a guy if the a, a non-obvious guy that if the eagles are going to win this guy has to have a good game so like not a carson wins not a on Fletcher either Cox. side of the ball both sides go one each I'd say Jordan Hicks on defense, no doubt. Jordan Hicks needs to be the playmaker that he ha- he has been in the past. He also needs to tackle much better than he did against Dallas. And then on offense, Corey Clement. I mean, you guys need you guys the Eagles. The <laughs> you guys the Eagles need to kind of match the Saints' intensity from an offensive perspective. And one of the things that they do very well is throwing to running backs and getting them out in space. Corey Clement had some incredible moments as a receiver last year. It's time. Like, it's time. You need to utilize him in the red zone. Stop getting cute with Wendell Smallwood. The guy's had one 15-yard run. I mean, it, bizarre stat, he averages over four yards a carry, but his only his longest run is a 15-yard who, run. Who, a Smallwood? Uh, Smallwood, yeah. Uh, Clement, the way you get him going, in my opinion, is by making him a receiver. He does it well. He, he Well, he hasn't been a very good runner this season. He's done it pretty well as a receiver um let josh adams be your between the you know the 20 to 20 yard marker runner and then let Corey clement be be that guy he had some incredible touchdown catches last year the one uh i think it was against the redskins where he caught it and carson kind of was like falling out of nowhere and he caught it i mean it was just Corey clement's got hands trust those uh we all know what Alshon Jeffrey can do. We know what Zach Ertz is having a great season, but he's doing it in a bunch of losses. Uh, Golden Tate should be a complimentary weapon who can help evolve the offense. That's terrific. Wonderful. Nelson Aguilar, he's got that deep threat ability. Test it out. Stop being hesitant with some of these playmakers. If they haven't played well, they haven't played well, but you've got to put them in position to bounce back and play well. And I feel like I'm ranting here, but... Like, Corey Clement and Jordan Hicks are two guys that that have shown in the past they can play very well. They have not this season. Do your job. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I think Hicks hasn't had a light shined on him as much this season as a guy who's struggling. And he, he really, I mean, he's been fine. He yeah, had, he, I mean, he's he, does, he, just, C- he hasn't made the plays that he, he did before with all his injuries is the reality. He's been a C-plus player. Typically, yeah. he's a B-plus, A-minus player. And then Clement was who I would have said on offense, too. Like, he... Like at a certain like he he's can don't let ba- me go first. <laughs> he's basically complained about his touches, but like prove that you deserve them, guy. 
<laughs> guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like That's... he like he he just hasn't like he hasn't proved that he deserves it. Like it, when he had the chance earlier this season, he had 16 carries for 50 yards. Like that that I mean then he got hurt and then he's been he claims he's been healthy since he's been back. The coaches have been saying otherwise. And that's just a guy that, like, he wants to be the guy he's talked about wanting to, that he thinks he's good enough to do that. But I, I think it's time he gained yards and made plays. Not to go off in, like, another direction completely, but for a team that that claims to be, like, player first and really good with players, Corey Clement, Rasul Douglas, and Stefan Wisniewski have all been confused about their roles, all been confused about their playing time. Confusion is a great word for Confusion it, too. Confusion that doesn't work, okay? That means there's not communication between the staff and the players, or good enough communication. Or mm-hmm. between the front office and the, and the yeah. coaching staff. That's a problem. I mean, in any way you shake it. The fact that three players... They had zero issues last year. By the <laughs> way, three players before they were four and five complaining yeah. about it. Yeah, it was Newski was, what, week three week or three. four? Um, and honestly, Isaac Samalu's played a little bit better, but like not to the point where I would have benched I mean, he's been, he hasn't been a problem. So right, um, Rasul Douglas. They they would keep telling us they're gonna play him. They wouldn't play him. He he, pretty he would try to avoid it, but he pretty much is like, I don't know why I'm not playing. And then now you got Corey Clem- Clement. Clement. So um, and I'm sure there's guys that we've missed or off or off, not off the top of our minds, but those three guys are guys that you've invested previous playing time, draft picks, and money into. And excuse me, but. Like, you can't have that. And maybe part of that is the locker room leadership of, hey, you don't have LeGarrette Blunt here, so he can't kind of explain what the situation is. J- Jason Kelsey had a great quote this week about how he doesn't think there as, there's as much, like, accountability within, like, the different position groups. So, like, Torrey Smith was a guy that, like, there, there's all these new guys coming in. He was the guy they could go to. There was LeGarrette Blunt. There was – who else am I, I – Brent mean, Patrick Robinson, Brent Selleck. Like, these are guys that – uh, I feel like we're, even like on the defensive line, Vinny Curry had been around here for a long time. Chris Maragos isn't out there on special teams. Guys. Darren Sproles isn't out there. Like it, th- these are like the glue guys. Is probably the right word for it. And they like we've t- we've talked about this a few times. They just didn't do a good job of filling the glue guys' roles. Yeah, like, they're, they're using Scott the guys Dave. in between. Yeah, that's, using, that's, it, like that's. I, I just watched like this. That. I just watched this. Uh, it's funny. I just watched this terrible movie called Skyscraper with uh, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and he very frequently uses duct tape. And, like, it doesn't, like, you know how in Mission Impossible there's, like, where Tom Cruise is on the side of the building, he has, like, these cool, like, things. Dwayne The Rock Johnson literally just wraps his hand in tape and he uses it as if he's using the high-tech, it's, like, the dumbest thing ever. It was hilarious. But well, I just thought about, better like, shape. that's what they're doing right now. They're, no, they're, they they're trying be... to climb a building with duct tape instead of using fancy fucking, no. <laughs> sorry, I just cursed. Whoa, <laughs> duct tape would be an improvement. They're using scotch tape. Like, True. You know, like yeah, the, scotch tape yeah, is bad, yeah. Like, you find it at the dollar store. This team has a lot of issues. And they can improve those issues. I mean, all you have to do is go to the Walmart and get the duct tape. Like, that's all you're, you're asking yourself because this team is good enough to play on duct tape. They're not good enough to play on scotch tape. There you go. Like wow, that. that was really, that analogy. That, that was really. Uh, that was that was your best analogy work, I think. Yeah. Well, hey, I wasn't corny or anything either. Like, and I didn't <laughs> say like like forty five <laughs> times, which is an improvement. Um, moving on from that, I kind of want to talk to you about coaching. So. You've got these two offensive geniuses. I'm using quotation marks with my fingers. <laughs> they don't where, see that. Uh, so Sean Payton. I mean, the, the, I asked Doug Peterson this in his press conference on Friday. Sean Payton has, and Drew Brees have this offense booming to the point where, on paper, you're looking at a at a shootout. And I asked Doug Peterson, on paper, you can see this being a shootout. 
how do as how do you handle this as a playmaker or a play caller? Sorry. Um, and he's like, well, from the outside perspective, it's probably exciting to see the offenses going back and forth. But like as a playmaker, you want your defense to do well. You want you you want to have some support from your defense. You want to have um, your offense be able to control what it needs to control. They know they need to score points. The problem is, how are they going to score points? And I think. This team has gotten so cute in some aspects of play calling. I think the the pregame script has been horrible for them in recent weeks, especially. And sometimes you just got to let Carson be Carson. I mean, I, I feel like Carson's not being Carson. You know what I mean? And At least not for four quarters. And I think while, while we should applaud his accuracy, he's not he's not taking the risks either. Because you could say a lot of things about accuracy. He's being smart with the ball. He's doing all this. He, you know, he's not forcing the throw. Sometimes you have to try to make a play and just trust your playmakers outside of Zach Ertz, if that makes sense. Like some every tight window throw that he makes is either to Jeffrey or Ertz. I I haven't seen a lot of tight window throws to other guys. Jordan Matthews is out here making plays. Uh, hashtag brand of someone else. Um, <laughs> That's the thing, man. Get Corey Clement out there, do some wheel routes. Um, put, you know, put him in the slot if you need to. Use Golden Tate any which way you want. Um, as we said last year, I felt like t- or last year, as I said last week, I felt like Tate was put in a lot of really rough spots in that game. Uh, if he's your punt returner, terrific this week because he's had an extra week to prepare. But I, I just think you. you set him up to fail in that game and he honestly if you were to give him a grade i'd probably give him like a d two catches for 19 yards that guy they just acquired to to make a change on their offense like yeah yeah so again um hopefully he's used more so what else you got all right let's do predictions i'm gonna go with you know like i said i think this will be at least 30 in 30s uh, I'm going to go with the Saints 38, the Eagles 31. Until they prove me wrong, I can't you, – you can't realistically pick the Eagles in this game. Even but you, though, have, you have it being fairly close. Do you see that as a 30 – like a real 38 to 31 or a yes. the Eagles like get a bunch of points at the end? Oh, no. I, I, I think this is going to be a very close game until the fourth quarter. One, because whoever makes decisions in this universe hates us posting at the gun. And two <laughs> – Yeah, it always got to be close. Yeah, like the. The Eagles either are ahead and they're slowly blowing a lead or the opposite. So. <laughs> I also think this is a game where the Eagles have a lead at some point and the defense mm. kind of just gets worn out because Drew Brees and wears them down. Yeah. Wears them down. Um, the Saints are built to either come from behind or hold a lead because of the way they have two running backs and a great passing offense. Like, it's unreal. That said, I think this is a good game for turnovers. If they, if they want to start their turnovers, this game, there should be moral wins in this. If they, Even if they lose and they play it close, I think that's something to take away, and then you build on that moving forward. Because, again, this is not a must-win game. I, I'm sorry, it's not. It is very close to must win. It's a must play well game. Yeah, it's a you have to show that you can contend with the because then there's no point in going to the playoffs. Yeah, if, at, you, if you, at that if, point, yeah, you're gonna be middle of the road. You're not gonna be the Saints in the playoffs. You're gonna have a middle of. I mean, they're not gonna lose on purpose, but right. they're gonna have a middle of the first round draft pick, which isn't exactly ideal. And you know, you lost your game against the Cowboys, so you can't just rely on your division games anymore. You have to beat. They have three out of division in the next seven games. Uh, New Orleans in New Orleans, Los Angeles in Los Angeles. Texans and the, at home. And the Texans at home. Those they are have, tough. Those are three hard games. They really have to win two of these games if, to make the playoffs. If, yeah, yeah. 
especially, and then you're expecting them to win most, if not all, of their division no, games they have on, to on top it. of that. Yeah, they, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like so, so I'll get into my prediction second. So if they lose this game, how do you think they? Need, what does the record the rest of the way need to be for them to make the playoffs? They have to be at least five and one, ideally six. And Say because that because that way they would be nine and seven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if if they they again they have and again they have not won consecutive games all season and they haven't given us any reason to think they can do that either like, right so prove me wrong they win this game I'll be I'll be back on not back on the bandwagon but I'll be a lot more optimistic and then I'll also be like oh man they could lose to the Giants the next week man imagine if the if way the season's going they lose to the Giants <laughs> but imagine if they win this game and then beat the Giants what if they win this game and then lose to the Giants. <laughs> Well, but that's the th- that's the worry. But I think you, like I think, I'm just saying, could you imagine that range of emotions in Philadelphia? They would be like, all right, we're back to the Super Bowl. Then they lose to the freaking Giants. I think the way you cover the, I mean, the way we have to cover this team is kind of the way that players say they want to take it is a week by week thing. Yeah. And honestly, you know, people get on us for criticism, but like on a week to week basis, this team is not good at all. They're until, not until they give us a reason to praise them. Like we're not going to. Right, you're beating teams that. I mean, the Colts have played better now. The, the The Falcons have played a little bit better now, but neither one of them is impressive. The Giants will never be impressive this season at any point. And, I mean, and then you look at, uh, what was their other win? They beat, oh, they beat the Jaguars, who, are, who have lost five straight. Yeah. So, again, you're beating bad teams. Good teams do that, but good teams also beat good teams. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. <laughs> I know right. that's hard to comprehend, but... <laughs> Well, I've been pretty wrong in my predictions pretty much every week, so maybe my prediction will be good for Eagles fans. But I, I, I think it's going to be disappointment. I think if I think the Saints are going to start off with the ball, and I think they're going to score right away, and I think this game might get out of hand, and the Eagles get some late points to make it look a little closer. But my my official prediction was Saints forty five, Eagles twenty eight. Oh. Yeah. All right. I think that's. I think that. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking that's why i think to call it like to expect the the room to blow up once this happens from an outside perspective i can't see that happening because they know that this is a daunting task if you lose to the giants then yeah then it's time to i don't know if you're four and six i think you can you can say whatever you want about how they're sure screwed. sure yeah. you can but i don't think it's over if that makes sense yeah. i think there's still that i room. lean more towards it being over than Oh, of course, do. but this group wants to be optimistic. It does. They, <laughs> of course, they're not going to like. Ah, we're done. But I, but I, I think last year proved to this team that anything can happen. And I'm not trying to be like internally optimistic. I just think like well, you're being externally optimistic. Actually. Or yeah, I'm not trying to be externally <laughs> optimistic. I, I, I just, I think this division is so bad. But the, I mean, it's bad. But the Redskins are six and three. Yeah, but who they beat? Doesn't doesn't matter. They're two, they they're, they're two games ahead. It doesn't matter who you've been. All that matters okay, is what your cool, record is. But they is. have two more games against them. Well, if the Redskins win this week and the Eagles lose, they're three games ahead. Yeah. Like there's zero reason to be optimistic. I don't know. I mean, I think if the Redskins, you're, you're insane. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I think I'm not. I'm just saying from like a, a locker room group. If they get destroyed by the Saints, I think the locker right. room is going to yeah. Be if they fucking, get destroyed, oh, but I think if this is a 30, 38, 34 game. Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess if if that happens, but well, I guess we'll see. All right, before we go, I want to I talk about reading the comments. I just want to read a bunch of the comments from our YouTube uh, from Give the us other the bad day. ones too. Yeah, and the bad ones. All right, can you say Lauren Lauren uh, Gagnon? Sorry if I said that wrong. Say, can you say Super Bowl hangover? I think the dogs are still on the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeps. Cheapskate Coin said, I'm a huge Eagles fan, and even I would say right now, average might be generous because I think we talked about how they're 
average at best. Uh, Marie DeBooth said, great show. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Uh, Laser80 said, they are a bipolar team this year. That, that's fair. Yeah, that's probably fair. Mark Boyce Claire said, they better put their puppy dog mask on. Can you say one hit wonder? I can say that. That's that it, But see, that's the thing, and that's the thing that I would be fighting, is you don't want to be known as that team that kind of, not lucked into it. I mean, there were a lot of major injuries around the league. There weren't, like, it, it was not like the most ideal season to win a, win a Super Bowl from a bragging rights standpoint. But, you know, you've got to, I mean, Peterson's kind of under the gun to prove that he wasn't like a one-hit wonder. Because as much as people give criticism to Andy Reid, Andy Reid was... He, he never consistent. had bad... He had, like, a, the occasional bad season, yeah, but Jet, I think they he, almost always right. were winners. Right. I think he had three bad seasons. One of them was after T.O. kind of held the team up for dry. The, One was his last season here. The last season that he had, and then his first season wasn't great yeah. because he had I mean, Doug when you, Peterson. Three, and he was here, what, yeah. like 15 years or something like right. that? Right. Like, so, again, I think... And I think since he's gone to Kansas City, he's proven he's still a great coach. So, it's on Peterson, really, to kind of prove that... He needs he, to get better at the year-to-year cohesion of the roster and, For sure. and building the team. And in the last one, Lyndon Brown said, this is just not our year. Offense needs an overhaul. Too much talent to be continually putting up only 20 points. Defense gets put in bad positions and may need to abandon zone because we are not creating turnovers anytime soon. We talked about that pretty much the entire first half of the podcast. All right. Well, we'll end on that note. Uh, remember, leave comments on all of our stuff. Tweet at us. Ask us questions. We'll answer it on the podcast. Our next one will be after the Saints game on Sunday night. Uh, you can you can subscribe to this podcast on iHeartRadio, YouTube, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.